Welcome to this week's episode of London Heal. I am your host, Tatiana Kosesanov, and today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Natalie Ledwell to me. Ozzy Natalie is a risk taker. She's a nonconformist, a rule breaker and maker who believes that nothing is impossible. She's also an authentic and internationally renowned motivational speaker, a best-selling author, host of The Inspiration Show and Wake Up TV, and co-founder of the revolutionary personal development company, Mind Movies. She lives in Southern California with her puppy, Bella, who she admits she's crazy about. Welcome, Nat. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and join me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tatiana. It was great to, uh, to meet you. Well, it's just a few short weeks ago now, right? Absolutely. And here we are again. It's fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, there's a story behind that, actually, which I shall, uh, I shall elucidate in a minute to our listeners just to prove a point. Um, one of the things I'd like to refer to about that event is the point of risk taker. Now, if anyone doesn't believe Natalie's a risk taker, she proved it to me because the last time I saw her was on an aerial assault course where I was standing there with my knees knocking and this lady was doing it blindfolded. So, you know, it's incredible, Natalie. You come over um, as one of the most confident people that I have ever met. You have an absolute aura of of being totally comfortable in your skin and who you are. But I know it wasn't always like that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the backstory? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I uh, actually grew up in a, a family of, of eight kids, so a very big country family. And, uh, and you know, I, I went through varying degrees of confidence. You know, I think when I was much younger, I was, it was quite a confident, you know, young girl and, and, uh, and, but I was very precocious. So I, know, I remember my mum would, would say, you know, you always have to be the centre of attention and you have to be the centre of the limelight. And, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, and she goes, no, you're just one of eight. You're just, there's nothing special about you. So I had, had that kind of drilled into me, um, you know, uh, when I was younger. So, it, you know, I go through, you know, varying different levels. And it's interesting how we can have, you know, things like that that are said to us, you know, it, it, with loving intent, you know, when we're children that actually affect our mindset and affect the way that we view ourselves um, and not just how we show up in the world, but our body image and, and all of that as well. And, uh, and you know, I uh, have had, I worked in fitness for 11 years, so I actually had a really healthy, young foundation to my life. Um, and then uh, I started a company or a business uh, called Mind Movies which is, uh, and a mind movie for those people who aren't familiar is, is like a vision board. So for those people who want to um, see themselves and visualize themselves, you know, driving the car they want or in the house that they want, um, which makes it easier for them to believe that when they, you know, put in the effort and set their goals that they can reach it, um, that, you know, it makes it easier for them to visualize. So for me, my mind movie is like a movie version of that. And uh, we started this business and we came over to the U.S. in 2008 to launch it to the world and we joined a mastermind group and learned everything that we had to do to be able to, you know, get this business off the ground. Uh, but in doing so, uh, we spent six months of sitting in front of a computer for 12 to 14 hours a day uh, eating junk food and, um, you know, and, and you're just getting by. Uh, and because by the time we got to the launch, when we actually launched my movies to the world, we'd accumulated $120,000 on credit cards. So, 
bit of a risk. And uh, what we didn't realise is September 2008 was also the time that the economic crisis hit the planet. Um, and so, you know, we it could have gone either way for us. Uh, but gratefully, um, it went in our favour and we ended up, uh, you know, having a $700,000 week selling our little $97 product on, on the internet and, um, and it actually was able to do, you know, to help a lot of people see a way out of their current situation because so many people were le- losing like their homes and losing their jobs and just losing everything. But this helped them to, to see a different way forward. Um, but, of course, by that stage, by the time we got back to Australia after that, I was the heaviest that I've ever been. And I remember going through this whole process of, you know, feeling very bad about myself and being very negative about it, but then thinking, well, wait a minute, I just, you know, used uh, all these pr- success principles to to create this incredible wealth and, and launch a business. Hmm, maybe I could apply them to my health as well. <laughs> And so I was able to, um, so I, in December, I made a choice to get back. I was, I had ballooned out to like a size 14, size 16. Um, and I got down to a size 10 in time for my 40th birthday, which was in February of that year. So a lot of it was just through, um, you know, a lot of the mindset and and goal setting things that I'd been teaching uh, for people on how to create wealth and happiness in their life. Yeah, I can absolutely vouch for mind movies working because, in fact, that's how Natalie and I met. <laughs> I'm absolutely convinced that's the case because you were in my mind movie because I really wanted to talk to you. And lo and behold, if two days later in a room of 500 people, Nat doesn't come and sit down right next to me. So there you are. It's uh, In my book, that's absolute proof. What I find absolutely super about the mind movies, though, is um, because, you know, we're a little bit focused on health here, is everybody knows about how incredibly potent the placebo effect is, the body's ability to heal itself. You actually cater for that within the program, don't you, that people can really focus on their health. Is um, Can you talk a little bit more about that, how that actually works and and is your own story the reason why you included that in there in the more more recent versions yes I mean I I consistently make my movies for myself like each year I'll make new ones Um, and I actually just recently made a new mind movie for health Um, and so uh, you know what I found is that we can be doing all everything right to the outside world. You know, we could be eating well, we could be exercising, um, you know, we could be doing, you know, physically doing all the things right. But unless our mind um, and our belief system is in alignment with, with, you know, with all these actions that we're taking and where we want to end up, we find that we're kind of walking through concrete with lead boots. Everything's just that little bit harder. Um, and so what I've realized is that um, two of the most important ingredients when it comes to creating any outcome you want in your life is belief and expectation is, is the two. Uh, first, you've got to believe that it will happen for you. Um, and then you've got to expect that it's going to happen. So it's like, you know, you and by and, and the way that you do that is to uh, surround this future event or this future result that you want to create with gratitude. So when you're grateful for the event showing up, when it shows up, uh, what you're doing is just saying, well, it's done. It's, all, it's it, you know, it's happening. I know it's happening. It's just taking its time to get here, but, but it's happening. So you've, you've surrounded 
this uh, this event with with uh, belief and a higher what we call like a higher a vibrational emotion. You know, through epigenetics and different sciences now, we understand that the emotions that we feel is the frequency that we're giving out into the unified field or into the universe or whatever you want to call that. Um, and uh, and so whatever is um, the same frequency. Uh, as the frequency that we're giving out then gets attracted back to us. So, um, you know, when we're talking about things like mind movies um, or, you know, it doesn't it could be a vision board, it could be anything like that, uh, the first step is, is getting clear about what you want. Like, you know, what is it that I want? Because when we're in pain or if we're not happy with the way that we look or, we're, you know, we're lethargic and we've got no energy and, and those are the things that we're focusing on, what we focus on expands. And so what we're doing is creating more of that in our life because this is the only thing that we can see. But when we can create a vision of what's possible and, and, and create a description of what optimal health looks like for us, uh, which is one of the most powerful processes of doing a mind movie, um, is that, uh, you know, we get to describe, you know, not only, you know, how we feel and, you know, and what, what specific goals that we want to reach, but then we can also describe what life looks like once we get there. You know, for some people who've had injuries and pain and, and have been, you know, um, incapacitated, you know, sometimes just the thought of being able to climb a flight of stairs fills them with such a sense of accomplishment. They're like, yeah, I want to do that or I want to play with my children more um, or I want to start travelling or I want to just live my life. I just want to live a normal life. And so when we... When we focus on that and, and the language that we use is really important too, you know, so we, we don't want to say things like, you know, I'm pain-free because all the subconscious mind hears is the word pain. And so we started, you know, feeling more pain because we keep seeing the word pain. Um, but, you know, if we're saying, you know, all of my limbs, you know, move with ease and grace, you know, I have full mobility, I have the energy to bound a flight of stairs, and so what happens is when you start to write these things down, you start to see yourself in your mind already doing this, you know, already being able to climb those stairs. Um, and so what that's doing, the more repetitively, repetitively that we can see that, we're creating these new neural pathways in our brain uh, which are in alignment with this result that we want to create. So the more we can get focused on that um, and the actual result that we do want, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we're looking forward. If we're looking forward at the pain and the hurt and the, and the discomfort that we're in, we just need to move our head about 90 degrees to the right and then look at, oh, but this is what's possible. This is what can happen. And this is what I want to keep focusing on. And the more you do that, like we said, uh, not only does it create new neural pathways where they've got these more positive thoughts that are in alignment with that, that naturally starts to change your actions. So you find that it's, uh, easier for you to make um, healthy food choices. You know, you actually wake up in the morning and you want to exercise. You know, you start to change, like your actions start to change to be in alignment with this as well. And then when you start having all these feelings of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I am this health per, healthy person. I am in this optimal health. I can see this life. I can taste this life. I know it's just there. Um, and then that's the emotion that you're, and that frequency, then everything you need to make it happen um, starts to show up for you. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's an incredible way, an incredible tool to be able to shift our mind through even the power of our words to be able to see something that's even way more, you know, uh, 
um, healthy for us. Yeah, because it's definitely not just a question of positive thinking, because I mean, I think everybody's fairly you know, sure of the fact that just, just saying something doesn't really work. I mean, if you're walking around saying, I only weigh 45 kilos, but, you know, you actually feel inside like a, you know, very large overweight person, that's just not going to work for you. But this works on a, such a different level because do you think that's also partly because of the fact that it's a visual stimulus, it's an oral stimulus, it's, it's working on so many levels, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I agree with you because most people will use affirmations to stand in front of the mirror and go, I'm wealthy and I'm healthy and I'm, and, you know, and there's that, and that voice inside is going, yeah, who are you kidding? Exactly. <laughs> um, so that is not an effective way to use affirmations. Um, and the reason I say affirmations is because they, because, you know, these sentences need to be written in present tense. Um, because when you see yourself in your mind in this new body and this amazing fit body that's like that's mobile and, and you know you're not feeling any pain and you you know have all this energy, um, you have to see it as if it's happening now, because your subconscious mind really doesn't know the difference <laughs> through what we see through our eyes and what we see in our mind. And so when you can be really clear and and you know what I recommend for most people to get super clear about what this future looks like and what this new body looks like. Um, there's actually five types of affirmations that I recommend that people write out. You know, the first type of affirmation is what it is that you want. You know, is there a specific, you know, a goal that you want to work towards, whether it's a weight goal, mobility, um, you know, if there's some kind of, you know, flight of stairs, something that you want to do, a half marathon, whatever that is, write that down. So what is it that you want to achieve? Um, and then the next type of affirmation is the, the affirmations that describe what life looks like once you get there. You know, things like being able to wake up in the morning and being able to stretch, you know, and have full, you know, full flexibility, you know, being able to bound out of bed and go to the gym or do whatever kind of exercise that you love to do and do it with like heaps of energy or, or whatever those changes are to your life that you want to be able to create. You know, you also want to describe the third type of affirmations, what I call why affirmations. So, you know, why do you want to do this? You know, is it because you want to spend more time with your children or grandchildren? You know, is it because you want to, you know, travel with your spouse? You know, whatever those reasons are, write them in because these are the, like, the juicy affirmations so that when you're, you know, having those days where the whole world is working against you, um, you when you remind yourself of why, you know, you're going this extra mile and stepping out of your comfort zone, it really helps you to stay the course. You know, um, the next type of affirmation is what I call action affirmations. So these are more like things that you want to start incorporating as a daily practice. Now, it could be something like meditation, you know, because you want to get your mindset right. It could be a certain type of exercise. It could be a certain type of food that you want to start incorporating. Um, so, and again, you want to focus on the positive part of what you want. So rather than what you're eliminating, because we all know, okay, if we want to follow a healthy diet, we should be eliminating sugar and dairy and wine and, you know, all those kind of things, which is what I've been doing over the last three weeks. Um, and so, but I don't focus on what I'm eliminating. I'm focusing on what I'm actually you know, filling that void with. So what am I eating instead? This is what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on the positive of what's happening. And then the last type of affirmation is what I call your thought affirmations. So how do you need to change the way you think? You see, if you're taking away something like wine and cheese, uh, which believe me, for the first week I was doing that was a challenge, <laughs> but I can't sit in the thought of, 
oh, my God, life's not worth living because I don't get to have my wine or I'm missing out because I don't get to drink wine or, you know, once you're in those lower vibrational, those negative thoughts, then all you're doing is focusing on that. You know, so I, you know, the, the way that I change my thinking is that, you know, I'm, my energy levels are skyrocketing. You know, my, I have no brain fog. Um, I'm feeling like, you know, on top of the world, I have the energy and the, and the, the mental clarity to be able to work on all the projects that I want to work on. So this is what I'm focusing on. So these are the thoughts that I'm thinking rather than this is what I'm missing out on. This is what I'm gaining. This is what's, you know, this is what's coming in. So when you can really comprehensively describe this, this healthy version of you and this healthy life that you're creating uh, in this way, it just makes it so much easier for you to be able to really put yourself in that picture in your mind. Great. This sort of approach is, um, is absolutely brilliant and it definitely works, but it's a continual process, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not like you've done it once when you were 18 and then that's it. You never have to do it again. I mean, it's, it's something which, which we continuously have to do and, and kind of like, I wouldn't say fight because maybe that's not the right word, but certainly take on that, that subconscious because it's, uh, it's always got a trick up its sleeve, doesn't it? Always. And there always seems to be another level. Just yeah. when you think. Yes. <laughs> exactly. sort of like, oh. um, but yeah, the, the programming that we all pick up and, and it was really interesting because I know uh, in my thirties, I struggled a lot in my thirties. You know, I was not happy with my body. I went from being this, you know, trim taut little aerobics instructor to after having a nightclub for five years, being spat out on the other side of 30 and, you know, having problems with my metabolism and putting on weight. And, of course, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to shift, um, you know, and then having all these, you know, negative thoughts and, and uh, you know, really mentally beating myself up, which was really keeping me in that, in that place. Um, and the other things I, I realised I was doing is like I'd be judging other women on what they were wearing and how they looked. It's because I felt so bad about the way that I looked myself, you know, and all of these thoughts, all these toxic thoughts were just like going around and around my head. I was, it was exhausting the amount of time I wasted thinking these stupid negative thoughts. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing this work, I'm like, you know what, that, that, it's, that's not serving me. That's not, that's not helping me out at all. So, uh, so you know, I, I realised that um, for me to get into a more empowering place, I had to, number one, because here's the other thing I used to do, and I don't know whether anyone can relate to this, um, but, you know, I, first of all, I beat myself up and I'm, you know, upset with because I have these high standards for myself, you know, but then you kind of get sick of that and you go, well, who can I blame outside of me? That's, it's their fault. So, of course, my now ex-husband, uh, he got a lot of the blame, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is your lifestyle. You made me fat. Like, you should love me anyway. Um, all of these things. He was my scapegoat and he was my, you know, reason that I was, you know, in the shape that I was. Um, and, of course, you know, when we separated and I lost my scapegoat, I'm like, ooh, hold on a minute. If I don't um, get my body into the shape that I want, I have no one else to blame but myself. And then I realised that if I had taken responsibility a lot earlier on that I probably possibly may still be married or, you know, I would be in a different place. Um, but obviously that was the journey that I was meant to be on. But, um, but you, you know, really stepping up and taking self-responsibility for, you know, our, for, for my own actions and for, for, you know, the way that I am. And, and I think the, the other part of that which really helps is, uh, is the education. 
you know, um, really looking at all these different eating plans. And, and for me, I, I know enough to know that I don't want to be on a diet for a short period of time. I really want to be on an eating plan that I can sustain for the rest of my life that fits into my lifestyle, you know, that I know that will be able to keep me in optimal health for the rest of my life. So I do a lot of research and I try different things. You know, there are certain, I don't think one diet fits all. I think that uh, we all have different body types and metabolisms and blood types and all those kind of things. So you just figure out what works for you um, and then sort of move forward from there. But the, the education was a really big part of that as well, which, you know, and of course, once I learn more, I just add those affirmations to my mind maybe. So it, it helps me to remember that's right, you know, because I know the sugar's like poison to our systems, you know, so um, so doing all of that is, is really important as well. Well, you're absolutely singing my song, Nat, because, you know, that's that's what this show's all about is, is trying to help people and educate them, perhaps take a little bit of that research burden off them and give it to them. And so that, you know, because empowerment is all about making informed decisions, you know, and uh, and that's why I think something like what you're offering is is absolutely brilliant. And I, I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um You've moved on with the personal development story and are giving a whole lot back to the kids, which I think is amazing because when we understand all about adverse childhood events and how crucial all of this programming is at a very early age, a lot of my therapy colleagues understand that too, and that's what we're about. It's so vital to get in there as early as possible. So could you tell me a little bit about that program? Because I think it's absolutely wonderful. Yes. Actually, that I was, that, I was going to tell you this before and I obviously got off track, but um, I realised that, you know, when I was so upset with myself in, in my 30s, I'm like, why, why, am I, why is this belief coming up like that, that if, I'm, if I'm not worthy unless I'm thin? And, um, and I realised that my mum, and it was never against me because I was always a thin child, um, would always, you know, pass judgement on people that had put on weight. Um, and so I just observed that behaviour and that became a program for me that I, you know, you have to be thin to, you know, to get any kind of respect or, you know, if you've put on weight, then obviously that's a bad thing. Um, so that kind of morphed my whole, you know, why I was beating myself up so much. Um, but, you know, I know that w- what we do know is that between the ages of two and six, that children are predominantly what we call brain, a theta brainwave activity. So in theta, we are very open. We're like an open vessel. Actually, when we meditate, we, we, we want to get into theta <laughs> so that we can be, you know, open and connected to, you know, ideas and inspirations and things to come through. Um, but when we're a child, it's like we observe behaviour, we hear things, we're told certain things, and it all just gets stored into our subconscious mind uh, as, a, as a belief or a program, uh, which then influences how we show up and who we are and, and decisions that we make for the rest of our lives. Um, and so with the children's program, um, what we've, you know, knowing this and then also looking at what the challenges are for kids right now, um, you know, we know that uh, children are in massive overwhelm. You know, the suicide rate uh, for children, I mean, here in the US, but I know all over the world, it's just unacceptable um, because we are so sensitive, we are so open. Um, and so a lot of the, the program that we're putting together, it's a curriculum for schools, um, but we're looking at, you know, um, like emotional intelligence, 
you know, knowing, you know, what, what we're actually born with six core emotions. Um, and, you know, they're all, they all serve a purpose. They're not right or wrong or good or bad. But if you're in, in a, um, a certain uh, emotion for a certain period of time, it becomes a mood. Um, and then it can turn into something even more than that. And so, you know, we get children to identify, uh, you know, who they're safe people, how they can talk to them, how to model that conversation. You know, we talk about, you know, compassion, empathy. Uh, we do address bullying. You know, we talk about what's the definition of beauty and we're looking at all different cultures and different landscapes. You know, obviously we're teaching meditation and yoga and gratitude and, you know, we have like school projects that the kids are doing with each other and commitments that they're making to each other on how they're going to treat each other as human beings. Um, we teach them about brain science and we teach them about energy um, and uh, and all of the things uh, that and skills and tools that they can use uh, when they are feel, feeling overwhelmed um, because, you know, if you can imagine what it's like to be a child today. Oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> the, like the, the planet that they're inheriting or the world that they're inheriting. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't know if you, if you have children or if you've been around children, but they are so um, aware and sensitive yeah, uh, about what, and like planetary issues. Yeah, yeah, they're so switched on these days. So I always get the feeling so much more so than, than my generation, for example. Absolutely. And then you have, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, we all have bullies and, and that kind of thing happening at school. But, you know, here in the US, they, they have to be concerned about kids bringing guns to school or, you know, you have to be concerned about, you know, the, the, not just the physical bullying and the bullying that happens in the classroom, but the cyber bullying. You know, now kids can get online and just because, you know, everyone's hurting. You know, there's a term called trolls. Like there's a term for these people that are hurting so bad that to make themselves feel better, they get online and say something hurtful and nasty and awful about another human being. Like it's just, you know, the this, this you know, environment that they, they're born into, we really want to help to equip them, you know, with what they need um, on how to be able to deal with the overwhelm and deal, you know, like if you have a certain level of confidence, um, then a lot of the, you know, quips and everything about you can sort of roll off you. Um, when you understand that you're part of a community or that you belong to certain groups, um, then, you know, it, it really helps you that when you're having problems with this group, you can turn to another. So the, all of these things is what we're teaching within this curriculum. Um, and we've started with like five-year-olds and, and we have lessons all the way up to 17-year-olds. So it's like the, the full gamut. Um, and the girlfriend I'm working with to create this program, uh, she's from Australia. Her name's Debbie. And uh, she worked for the UN for the first eight years of her career. And they would send her into refugee camps around the world. And so that in the, the most horrific conditions. Um, and she's also, you know, trauma healing specialist and so forth. So, you know, working with her to create this curriculum, I, I honestly believe that we'll get to change a generation, you know, and give them what they need to be able to, um, you know, think outside the square, to be able to, to have a level of confidence um, and to have empathy. Like I think there's such a lack of empathy because there's such a lack of connection because of all of their, you know, electronic devices that they're communicating with now. So, so this is our, this is our dream to, to reach 10 million children around the world. And I, I have no doubt that we can do it. Because this is the time is now for for a program like this, you know. Well, I thoroughly endorse it, and I hope that all our listeners endorse it too. And uh, is there any way that we can support that? Actually, 
Yes. Well, um, you can, I, if you go to the natalieledwell.com website, I actually have a page about the kids program, you know, and how we started our project in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, which is how the whole ball got rolling because, you know, this is one of those situations where I was just like, okay, uh, I through a random series of events I got connected to the dean of a university in Medellin in Colombia and uh, we were talking about My Movies for Kids because we have a, a children's version of the software and he asked me to create the curriculum and, of course, I said yes and then hung up the phone and freaked out because I'm like, I have no business doing this. Like I don't have children. I left school when I was 15. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, these are children. I don't want to mess them up, you know. Um, but, of course, you know, I I do what I do. I sit down in a meditation. I could see the end result. I could see me walking into a classroom in Colombia, you know, the kids were screaming and the teachers crying and, you know, and all the amazing stories that I was hearing from the children. Um, and so I get out of that that visualization or that meditation, and I'm like, okay, well, what's my next step? You know, it's like anything. It's like, okay, I, I don't need to know the whole plan because I just get overwhelmed with, oh my god, I don't know how this is going to happen. I just go, well, what I'm, what's the first thing I'm going to do? You know, so I reach out to a friend who's a teacher. She sends me the outline of the of the lesson. So then I reach out to my copywriter. I go, dude, can you help me with this? He goes, yes. He said, you know. Um, I have a secret weapon though. My wife is a, is a teacher and she specializes in early age curriculum. So I'm like, that's exactly what I need right now. So, um, every time I need something to be able to create this curriculum a little bit further, you know, the next, the the person or the idea or the connection I need for that next step just starts to show up because I'm, you know, so focused on exactly where we're going to end up. So, yeah. So how can we help support you? Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, so go, go to the website. I, I keep getting sidetracked. Um, no, so interesting. There's a page there which talks about the Columbia thing, but you can actually contact me through that page. Okay. Um, you can send an email through there. Um, and, you know, I'm really looking for, uh, you know, we're actually got connections in the US, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, um, but I would love for any connections in the UK uh, of how we can, you know, uh, get into the uh, education system there. Um, The curriculum is delivered online. uh, And the cool thing about this is that not only is the lessons in video and we have all the teacher training in video, it's all all done that way, Um, but we have a forum inside the the platform that we've built for this. And so teachers from around the world who are teaching the program can connect with each other. And uh, we have, you know, teachers in Liberia who are ready to go once the program is finished. So, you know, we're, we're excited about connecting classrooms uh, like, you know, in the UK and Liberia and, and connecting teachers. Um, but if you, if you go to, to that website and click on the PD for Kids tab, you'll be able to connect with me through there. And I'm really looking forward to any help that we can get. We're, we're very open to it. I think I have a good contact for you. <laughs> anyone out there who's listening and uh, who can help Natalie with this with this job should, certainly should get on board because I think anything which helps our future generations is a good thing and empowering children is so incredibly important, especially these days. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful that you're doing that. Thank you. Um, but you're not just about empowering children. You're also about empowering women. Now, is there anybody that you leave out of here? We need, we need a men's <laughs> program next. So that's a little bit of your TV show. So why don't you tell me a little bit about those? Yes. Okay. So, um, well, I, I suppose I, I, I'm empowering women because it's a journey that I'm going through myself. 
So it's something that I, that I can teach and, and speak about from personal experience. You know, uh, you know, being in an 18-year marriage and, and, um, and then, you know, our marriage ending for a number of different reasons, uh, we're really grateful that we're still really good friends and we're still business partners and still get on exceptionally well, um, which I think is a testament to, you know, what we teach, and, you know, in the principles because we, we don't just teach it, we, we actually do live it. Um, but, uh, you know, but all of those things like, you know, as middle-aged women, like I, I did not think at the age of 45 that I would be single and trying to date in Los Angeles. I was like, oh, my God. So, um, you know, facing all of these different things and, and, uh, and which I think is the journey of a lot of women of our age, you know, we look at, um, you know, like I said, 45 for the first time in my life really looking at taking responsibility for my health you know, and my own wealth and, and, you know, and my own love life and, and my own well-being and, and the journey that I went through to get really honest about, um, you know, why my marriage ended and what my contribution was to that. Um, you know, and of course now I'm in a new relationship and then it's, you know, navigating through this as well and realising old programs and patterns that are coming up and being able to release them as I'm going through the, this process as well. So a lot of this is what I share, um, you know, through the Wake Up TV uh, and with the Inspiration Show, which is an online TV show as well. Um, and uh, the book that I that I started writing is called Not Over, Just Different um, because I think we, we get to a stage where, um, you know, we our marriage might end um, you know, kids go off to college or off to uni. So we're, you know, we're empty nesters or, you know, we step out of a long-term career and then you, we kind of get to a place where we go, well, who am I? Like, <laughs> and which is what I felt like. I felt like I'd kind of lost my identity because I was in this marriage for such a long period of time and it was Glenn and that. I'm like, wait, wait, who, who am I? But then I kind of shifted that question and went, well, wait a minute, who do I want to be? Because now I get to to step into this, you know, different version of who I am, but I get to choose who that is. Um, and so when I was a little bit more um, deliberate about um, how I wanted to show up and the type of leader that I wanted to be and the type of friend and the type of, you know, woman that I wanted to show up as, um, it really helped me to, you know, going through that process, it kind of really helped me to step into this next chapter, which at first was I, I got to tell you, it scared the bejesus out of me. I was like, <laughs> you know, there were days where I wanted to curl up and go, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. How, how did I end up here? But, um, but you know, it's, it's I think that uh, we, especially as women, you know, we, we become a wife and we become a mother and we become, you know, all these other labels. Um, and unless we take the time to do a lot of self-care and, and do things for ourselves along the way, uh, we just kind of lose sight of, of who we really are. So um, a lot of what I teach now is how to step into this really um, empowering version and how to figure out, you know, who you want to be, you know, because at this age we get to, we've earned the right to, to you know, be whoever we want to be, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important point because, I mean, you know, for the first time probably in years, you know, even 
you know, 50s and you 30. That's my story, and I'm yes. sticking to it. I, I totally agree. I don't think you know, I mean, there's really an, an amazing amount of time left ahead of us. You know, I mean, you know, I remember my grandmother's generation, 50, you know, you were kind of washed up, beat up. That was it. Life was over. But, you know, now we, we have a whole lot of really good life and hopefully very good health to look forward to. And I think you, you, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, so many women, because of their, their roles, you know, unavoidably so they're very dedicated to their children and their families and their partners and their houses and oftentimes also the one responsible looking for elderly parents and so on and so forth and then slowly slowly all of that falls away and they fall into a hole and I see this over and over and over again so I think you know something like this is really extraordinary what you're doing and you know we're all trying to do that too because I think this is sort of a bit of a lost generation because I think these women are experiencing a type of life that women in generations before never have never had that they've never had the opportunities really so it's Mm. it's good to know how to face them because it is really scary out there when you face it for the first time yeah (laughs) hey you know I've just become a podcaster so (laughs) I know but how exciting is that it's brilliant and with all the advancements that are happening in science right now and and it's not even just the advancements in science you know what we know about the power of our minds and how through something like you know a dedicated meditation practice we can reverse the aging process we can heal our bodies. We can change our DNA. And when we get really deliberate about it and we think about it, we can design the kind of life that we want to have, you know, which is exactly what I've, what, you know, what I've set out to do. And, what, and this is what I empower a lot of women to do as well. Like think outside the square. Like at 50, I'm sorry, but we're not even halfway. No, that's what I say. The way that 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 everything is going now, you know, we realize that you know we can really um, have a fulfilling and healthy life, you know, well into our hundreds. Um, And actually, I saw a um, a a lecture of uh, Greg Braden Mm -hmm. uh, at a Dr. Joe Dispenza event uh, last year or the year before when his book came out. It was last year, and he was saying how really the human body could probably live about 900 years technically this is what we we have the capability of he goes the problem is is that we find it difficult to get through the first 100 years because um we can't get over our grief so you know we find it difficult we lose we lose friends we lose people we lose you know children um and, and then we go, okay, well, it's time, our time to tap out. We're ready to go. Um, he said, but if we were to get through that, we really could live up to 900 years. You, like our bodies are physically capable of doing that. You're like, okay. <laughs> well, it's in the <laughs> Bible, the- isn't it? I mean, Methuselah, wasn't he supposed to be uh, several, I think he was also supposed to be like 900 or something like yeah. that. That's right, yeah. Well, I always joke and say 300, so let's see what happens. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> You know, so here's the deal. If if we're going to live that long, then we want to make it as meaningful and purposeful and delicious and amazing as possible. So, you know, now is a really good time to design what that's going to look like. You know, and even, you know, I talk about, so that's just the next chapter. There's going to be other chapters after that. You know, like I talk about how my movies is, you know, definitely fulfilling a purpose, my purpose and 
know, and it, it's my mission at the moment. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's always going to be my mission. And even now you can see it's evolving into this children's curriculum. So it's you know, like this other level of, of what I'm doing. Um, and so I, I get really, I think the, the secret to being able to, to be open to all of these things is just to kind of surrender. I surrender to the fact that I know that I have this belief that um, God or the universe has my back. You know, everything that's happening is happening for my highest good. Um, and so, you know, uh, I, and I know that what's going to show up is going to be exactly what's supposed to in the, the divine timing it's supposed to happen. So when I surrender to that, um, I'm not trying to force anything to happen um, and I'm super open to anything that comes along and I've learned to get comfortable with the surprise. You know, um, when I look at my movies and when we first got started, um, when our friend approached us with the idea, Glenn could hardly turn on a computer and I hadn't even heard of YouTube and that was 2007. So if someone had told me the day before that I was going to create this incredible life um, and it was going to happen through the internet, I would have laughed at them. I'm like, I don't know anything about the internet. That can't be right. You know, so I get I get really comfortable in how it's going to show up. I know that it probably won't look anything like I think it's going to, but I'm okay with that. And as long as I can, you know, release the control freakiness of the side of me and just be open to that, then it, that's when I stay, you know, can, can let that flow of, you know, amazing things come into my life. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just a fact, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, if you think about it, the brain obviously tries to stop us getting into the unknown because the unknown is a scary place. And, you know, that saber-toothed tiger might jump out any moment. But, you know, in the modern world, the likelihood of a saber-toothed tiger is pretty actually unlikely. And yet we still live in that kind of fear of, of getting out of what's um, unfamiliar. And yeah. once you learn to kind of trust that, amazing things can start to happen. I know, and most of that is just our childhood programming. Exactly. And when you really break it down, it's not even our thoughts. It's our parents' thoughts. Yep. You know? Yeah. And when you think about that, it's, it's really that, their parents' thoughts. Yeah, chain of pain. <laughs> chain of pain, that's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Natalie, I want to really, really thank you because it's just been an absolute pleasure. You've given the listeners a whole lot of stuff to go away and think about and chew on. And uh, we'll definitely put the links in all the podcast notes um, to all of your wonderful projects and pages. And um, there's always a few questions that I like to ask my guests when we come to the end of of a show. Mm -hmm. Uh, One question I'd like to put to you is, if there was one thing that you could get other people to change in their lives, just one thing, what would that be? I would get them to stop beating themselves up about the choices and and the choices that they've made. I think that we get stuck too much in the fact that uh, we've made choices and that we have regrets. Um, But I don't believe that any choice we make, there's no such thing as a bad choice. There's no such thing as the wrong choice because every choice we make leads us to where we're meant to end up. So if people could release that, I think that um, it would really release their mind to be able to see way better better, uh, possibilities for themselves. Great. And if there was one thing that you could change for you, what would that be? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think I'd change a thing. That's a great answer. That's the best yeah. answer going. Well, honestly, I, I, I still pinch myself every day that this is the life that I get to live. 
you know, I grew up in a country town, one of eight kids. So it, the fact that I get to live in LA and travel the world and meet people like yourself and be on these podcasts and it just, I'm, I'm eternally grateful, um, that I get to do that. Uh, and you know, it wasn't an easy road and there were some tough things that we had to do, but, but all of it is character building and all of it was, I think, important to lead me to this point. So there's, there's not one thing that I, that I would change. I think that's an absolutely amazing sentiment and uh, it's great. And then the last thing is that I always wish my, uh, my listeners at the end of every broadcast, um, health, happiness and serenity. So what do those words mean for you? How would you define health? Health. Okay. So health is not just physical health. I think it's mental health and spiritual health. So it's the ability to be able to have the optimal version of our mind, body, and spirit working in coherence with each other so that um, we can move freely, so we can think freely, and that we can connect freely so we get to live a life of exceptional abundance. Fabulous. And what about happiness? How does Nat find happiness? I wake up happy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually really believe that. (laughs) There's not many people I'd say that about, but you are definitely one of them. Oh, I know. And, well, you know, either I have my my new man with me or uh, if he's not here, then I have my little puppy, Bella, who's the most affectionate, beautiful, loving soul on the planet. Um, So uh, I, I wake up happy. You know, I, I, when I take her out each morning for her little wee walk, um, that's my trigger to do my gratefuls. Um, I, I, find, I find happiness in everything. I believe that happiness is my own responsibility um, and, uh, and I believe that there are degrees of happiness um, but, um, but everything is, my level of happiness definitely is a choice um, and, um, and, I, and I choose to be happy every day. So, Super. But if you look at my life, you can see it's not that hard. oh I'm sure it is and serenity how do you find that stillness inside that's so important well obviously meditation um, which I do every day Um, and I do little mindfulness practices as well you know because for me it is all about being centered and it's always about being you know in calmness Um, I found myself doing a little mindfulness practice um, being stuck in the line at Home Depot last weekend (laughs) where where I I know a a situation that mainly would have, you know, had me stressed out. But, um, you know, I I do deep breathing. I imagine a light just behind my belly button. So this is the centre of my body and I see every time I breathe I see it getting brighter. Um, I have, uh, you know, walks in nature, walk, I'm not far from the beach, I'll walk along the beach as well. So there are many things that I do that help to, to create serenity and calmness in my life. Even something as mundane as unpacking the dishwasher, you know, I'll do deliberately do one plate at a time and just concentrate on what I'm doing and doing it slow and deliberately um, and and having me just focus on that one thing helps me to get back into calmness and serenity as well. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Nat. It's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, Yeah, thousand thanks and all power to you um, and hope those projects just just roll on. They're really, really wonderful intentions. So grateful for everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Tatiana, and thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's been awesome.
<laughs> it's pleasure is all mine absolutely so dear listeners thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode could have talked for hours i hope you were as inspired from that as i i have been she's really a quite incredible lady and wishing you as always health happiness and serenity tune in like us leave us a review and don't forget to tell all your friends because we want to keep bringing you really, really useful information and wonderful, inspiring stories just like this. So take care. And as I said, wishing you all health, happiness and serenity.